find the least cost way to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and energy and climate together. To address the issue of climate change, system we need to cap greenhouse gas emissions. Climate change is a transformative kind of challenge, but it offers a lot of opportunities, and that's what we can learn from some key companies. I, I think far too much people see it as a win-lose game, and it's not that at all. It can be a win-win game. That takes a different thought process about what we have, what we can bring to the market, and how we can actually grow our businesses. We anticipate that sooner or later there's going to be government regulation. There already is in much of Europe. When you recognize the change is there, it's happening, and you embrace it, and then ask yourselves, how can you optimize your position in that environment? That's fun. It's intellectually challenging, and when you make progress against that, it's very rewarding. Keeping America competitive requires affordable energy. And here we have a serious problem. America is addicted to oil. Well, I think the administration uh, understands very clearly that we have an oil problem, in part because it is seen as being tied to the Middle East and the problem of terrorism. And many people in the administration certainly realize as well that we have a climate change problem. government's financed a lot of very important research on the science of climate change, but has not moved into the policy realm. But one of the great things about the current moment is corporations who look to the economic bottom line as their measure of success are achieving reductions in their greenhouse gases and showing this can be done. And not only that, you can make money at it. I'm delighted to be here this afternoon with such a diverse group of business and environmental leaders from across this country. It is our judgment that despite the challenges, and there'll be many, our businesses and the national economy can grow, prosper, and compete successfully in a greenhouse gas constrained world. We talk about tipping points in the climate itself, but there are tipping points in public life. And I think we are at a tipping point in terms of the business community's approach to this problem. Good afternoon, Johnson & Johnson. May I help you? This company was founded in 1886. We hope to be here in 2086. And to do that, you've got to be looking ahead all the time. In 2003, our executive committee set very aggressive goals for reduction of greenhouse gases. In the um, early days of this effort, there were skeptics. Some very important folks were skeptics about whether it was a realistic goal, whether it would cost us too much money. Uh, many questions were brought to the table. What's exciting is that today, we have already reduced emissions in absolute terms, 11.5%.
and in that same time frame, our sales have increased 350%. The investments that we've made are saving this corporation $30 million a year. And so our conviction that this is good for the long term, good for the business, good for the planet, ultimately of critical importance to human health, we think is being uh, vindicated. So many of the companies that begin to take the problem seriously are amazed as they look at their own energy use. Walmart's probably the best example. Nobody's better at reducing costs than Walmart, but they've discovered a whole number of things they can do to operate more cost-effectively. For example, they can improve the uh, tire inflation on their trucks. They can improve how the trucks' uh, engines operate when their truck stops overnight. They can save money by how they design their stores and lay them out. All of those things are there for the taking. If I were CEO of a major company and I saw Walmart making the commitments it's making, I would recognize that's a revolution. It's time to pay attention. that our facilities have on the environment. That's really not enough. Society expects more from companies than just doing less harm, if you will. Society really expects companies to think about how is the world better because of the products they bring to the market. So we are gonna continue our footprint reduction, but we really wanna to start to focus the strategic direction of the company around bringing products to the market that are gonna do society a lot of good. For DuPont, one initial impulse of their concern to reduce greenhouse gases was to reduce their reliance on natural gas. The more they got into it, they realized that they have the chemistry, the technology to develop alternative fuels. And now they're doing that with British Petroleum, biobutanol and they're gonna make a polymer for clothing and for carpets from corn. The pipeline of products from our bio-based materials will be how we really make a difference downstream. And what we're seeing is customers are demanding that in a way that they never did before. People increasingly all over the world want to buy green. They want to buy products that they can use not only with immediate benefit, but in good conscience. And it's increasingly clear that marketing green is a successful strategy. GE's whole business plan has been revised in the direction of meeting this challenge and treating it as an opportunity uh, for GE. Now, these folks didn't get as successful as they are by accident. They have thought this problem through, they've understood the business opportunity, and they are seizing it. Thank you for calling the PG&E Corporation. We set out two years ago to create what I call the new PG&E being a leader in the industry, and in fact, changing the industry. You 
utilities contribute about a third of the CO2 that is generated into the atmosphere every year. So the way we look at it is it's, it's our responsibility and obligation to think about this issue and provide a leadership role on it. We've got $12 trillion invested worldwide in the current energy supply system. If we want the energy system in 2050 to look very different than the energy system we have today, we have to start now. We've been working very hard for a number of years trying to produce cleaner power. And so we've already made good progress. And when I sit down and talk with shareholders about it, and these are hedge funds and professional investors, they like the strategy because they understand that if you really deliver for customers and you do so in a responsible way, your company's going to fare very well. Where the rubber meets the road is when you have to make hard choices and make investment decisions and put dollars out in order to improve the environmental footprint of your company. In our industry, I'd say 20 or 30% of the CEOs are moving aggressively, but that still means that there are, there's a silent majority of 70%. Without a penalty for carbon dioxide emissions, we will not do enough to address the full magnitude of this problem. To go as far and as fast as we need to go, we need that additional push that comes from regulation. AB32 is good for business. The need for action is now, and there's really an urgent need. So just very recently, we supported Assembly Bill 32, which was the California Climate Change Bill. Irrespective of the fact that we've not yet got national policy, 21 of our states now have policies, creating new incentives, new reasons, in some cases regulation, why companies have to reduce their CO2. It's frankly creating a little bit of chaos, and that's often led in environmental legislation to a national uniform standard. I believe, based on discussions that we've had with the experts here in Washington, that the probability that we will see legislation on climate change to be about 100% within the next five years. I think the government will want to consult the companies that know how to do this and have already demonstrated how to do it, and they'll probably have the most influence on the new policy. It will probably be what is called a cap-and-trade scheme, emissions caps decided upon by the Congress and implemented through tradable emission permits, which ends up putting a price on carbon emissions and an incentive to reduce your carbon emissions and to develop and deploy better technologies for doing that. We firmly believe that climate change can be addressed in ways that create more economic opportunity than economic risk. The key is setting clear targets and then allowing the power of the market to find the best solutions. When I talk to CEOs or board members who have uh, gotten religion, so to speak, on the climate issue, begun to want to see their companies address it, invariably their own kids were part of their education. Our generation has had so many tremendous benefits. It's important that we not leave a bill, so to speak, to be paid by our children. I think things are now changing quite rapidly and very positively. 290 cities have now embraced their own climate change targets. 
labor unions are coming around on this issue. The evangelical community, the community of faith is coming around on this issue. And you're getting increasing pressure from investors who are anxious to see companies address the risks and the opportunities in climate change. There's something about the present moment that's very important. The companies that have seen this problem first and already begun to deploy to deal with it are going to be the big winners. You want good business practice, government policy, and feelings about stewardship all to work together. And that's ultimately what's going to get us there. It's a combination of the three.